Hey everyone. Before we get into this week's book tour, I wanted to make a quick announcement. I have a game out! All Our Yesterdays is my first tabletop role-playing game. It's a solo journaling game about traveling back in time to bear witness to the last moments of someone's life. I know, real cheery stuff. If you're interested in checking it out, All Our Yesterdays is available right now for pay what you want on my itch hbbisniex.itch.io. This game means a whole, whole lot to me, and if it sounds like something that you might be into, I hope you check it out. Anyway, on with the show. Warning! This episode contains some strong language. Listener discretion is advised. series, and all-around amazing person, Neon Yang, welcome to the podcast. Hello! Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's like, I always say, you know, it's such a joy to have people on. It's like, literally, like, so exciting for me to have you on. I've been following your career for years now, and it's like, oh, I can actually just, like, talk to them and say, do you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am real. I'm a person. I am here. Hello. Hello. Uh, you are real. You're a person. You are like, we have lots of mutuals. You know, you, uh, uh, yeah. Authors are real people too. And podcasters as well. Yes. It's wonderful. Uh, it's a wonderful world we live in. It is. It really is. Uh, so we're here today to talk about your brand new queer mecca book, The Genesis of Misery. Is there anything we need to know about the book before we get into a little bit of the reading? Um, it's basically a... It started off as a retelling of the Joan of Arc story, and in many ways it still is. Um, but it also ended up being like a commentary like on like belief and truth and and which developed as a as I wrote the book and I I kind of always pitch it as like um it's Joan of Arc's story but if she was a Gundam pilot um we love to hear it accurate and also kind of like not really we'll see <laughs> uh well as somebody who is consuming a lot of mecha media right now that is about lots of things besides just being in cool robots uh i'm so excited for this book yeah i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> uh so you're going to be reading out of uh very close to the beginning is there any uh setup we need um well i am reading basically from where the plot more or less begins so you know the, i will be giving you the experience that you would more or less get when you start reading the book which is out 
in September at the end of the month. Hooray! So this month, by <laughs> the time you're listening to podcasts. Yes. Yes. Okay. Time is fake. Who knows how it works? But uh, listeners, if you're listening to this as it came out, look forward to this book. It's coming out very soon. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're going to start um, by following the protagonist's misery um, as they are about to um, break out of jail. And also, um, you'll notice that I use they pronouns for misery, but um, in, in the text of the book, she uses she a lot as well because mm-hmm. she both pronouns and there's actually an explanation that's like in the text in the book like why that happens oh nice just so you're not confused um that's that's what's going on because like that bit doesn't come in until 100 pages later like 100 (laughs) we love and support a she they king yeah in a steel walled room insisted in the capital's guts the last savior of the faithful is trying to turn a door to jelly Misery Nomaki, chosen of the forge, presses herself against the flat, glossy surface, cold as dead marble, and says, Come the fuck on! The door is holy stone. It whispers to her with the electric, back-of-the-neck prickle that holy stone always has. She's never seen this sword before, a pale gray streaked with white, only pretty because it shines. And she's always wary of strange holy stone. No fucking idea what it's called. No fucking <laughs> idea what it does. But 10 minutes ago, she watched the flint of its striped surface turn to gelatinous and admit a young saint, bearing a crate of dinner, breaking over and sliding over her like liquid. Of course, that's how she got in this box to begin with. The salve they put in her is still flossing her mind, muddying emotion and memory, smearing adrenaline into a soggy mush of apathy. It's hard to think when the cells get her like this. If she had known, she would have never accepted the dose. But then she's been saying yes to a lot of shit she shouldn't lately. Hmm. She doesn't know what's on the other side of this door. Guards, probably. Trouble. More trouble than what she's doing in right now. Not anything's better than sitting on her ass and waiting for the emperor, or whoever, to pass judgment down. She, she didn't sign up for any of this. <laughs> and she certainly didn't sign up to be thrown in a cell with zero cause upon arrival in the imperial capital. Hmm. Misery has no idea where her sponsor, the Duke, is right now. For she knows, he's in a lockbox too. And whatever's coming next, if she waits for it, it's probably worse than what it is right now. Hmm. It's better to find your own trouble than to have trouble come find you. Misery closes her eyes to focus better. There's a familiar twinge she's looking for, a fire in her nerves that tells her when she's woken the holy stone. These rocks are full of surprises, pixie bastards. Some invert gravity, some power the hearts of starships, yet others can destroy everything in their path. This holy stone is ostensibly a doorway, but who knows what configurations lurk in its lifeless depths. Hmm. Won't be the first time Misery wakes some void-touched ability in Holy Stone that's brand new. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Slouched against the door is a delusion in human shape. A youth with every trapping of a classical soft lad. Milk-fleshed and bird-boned, icy bangs framing a highbrow and jutting cheeks. 
and her eyes. Cosmic presence radiates from the hollow of those sockets. Sometimes they go bright as suns. Sometimes they fall dark as the void between stars. She's mm. dressed in the kind of loose off-shoulder blanket dress worn by angels in art from the source world, ending above the knee and displaying a generous swathe of skin and nipple. <laughs> Unreadable symbols crawl over one bare shoulder, fluid and sinuous. This delusion declaims the name, ruin. No known pronouns, bane of misery's life, absolute bane. Showed up bright and inescapable a couple of weeks ago, all beautiful and haloed, claiming a grand destiny for her, just like her dead mother promised. Break into the local defensive base, he said. Steal a Sparrowhawk unit and take off with it, as he said. Fight the heretics lurking over the nowhere-nothing mining colony you call a home, he said. It is what the Larix Forge calls you to. And cause misery, stupid because she's got void where a brain should be, because it was her birthday and also mother's death anniversary and she was completely smashed on dirty cells because she was still pissed at her older brother for some bullshit, he said. Because of all of that, Misery said, fuck it, and did as Ruin suggested. <laughs> even though she knew better, even though she knew she should have recognized Ruin for what the delusion Z is, even though she knew the consequences of not resisting the void sickness that generated the delusion, she did it anyway. Hmm. And so here she is, a prisoner halfway across the galaxy on the capital at the center of it all, trapped with an advanced outgrowth of the void madness she was born with. Took 20 years to show up, but she's finally full on hallucinating the way mother used to, arguing with shades like old family members. Good job, Misery. <laughs> Everything going cherries and honey. Ruin slugs her head in curiosity. You wanted a wood sound. You wanted to leave home for shinier pastures. I did that for you. Did I not? <laughs> if I wanted to be imprisoned on the Imperial capital, I would have found better ways, Misery snapped. You can't hear the holy stone through all this nagging. Can't believe she sat through thousands of hours of sermon and not one second of it covered getting a box expect of the universal force. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Tell me again, says Ruin, clearly with the least inclination in the void to shut the fuck up. What good <laughs> would escaping this room do? Where do you imagine you will go? Somewhere not here, Misery says, and still to self because a thread has come loose in a holy stone, rushing against her senses like a questing finger. She can deal with ruin later. Freedom waits. Breath held, she tugs upon the offered filament, shuts her eyes, shuts out the rest of the universe. Her existence is stone and stone only. Beneath her, the essence of the strange mineral slowly unravels loosening its grip on the divine gift that separates it from mere rock. The holy stone melts, and misery melts along with it, her body turning to jelly, bones and skin and all. She has no body. That brick of flesh right now has no owner. She is the stone, and the stone is she. The holy stone activates, and misery falls through it, plowing through gel thicker than her head, finding nothing but air on the other side. She tumbles onto her hands and knees, 
walloped back into her body with an angry smack that shoots up the bone. The epitome of grace makes misery no mark you. She swears a little because she has the mouth for it now. After thousands of melts with holy stone, misery still gets rustled by the out-of-body transitions every time. Ruin stands in the middle of the outside passageway, arms folded, brows knitted, lips thin. Z doesn't need to walk, blinking in and out of places like a photon, and misery could wring her neck for it. Can one strangle a delusion? <laughs> misery hasn't yet managed to lay a hand on Ruin as he moves too fast, flitting out of reach every time she gets close, of course. D says, turn back. Return to the room you were in. Not a room, a cell. And you can't tell me what to do. You're not my mm. brother. You will regret continuing upon this path. Great. Add it to my regrets, pal. She dusts herself off and takes stock. She's made it up? Good. She hasn't set off a siren. Even better. Some time to think. And that's it. <laughs> that's the, that's the term. <laughs> I love this. I love this. I'm so even more excited for this book now. Um, Thank you. It's uh, your your characters always have this just amazing attitude to them uh, <laughs> that uh, it just like it's. I don't I I can't describe it which is bad cuz I'm supposed to describe things cuz I'm a writer <laughs> and a podcaster. I, I can tell you what it is. It's a coping mechanism because my characters are all like really fucked up on the inside so they have like attitude to mm -hmm. kind of pretend that they're not falling apart on the inside. So that's that's, that's a mood. <laughs> that's such a mood. Um yeah, no the the like it's deeply, deeply relatable. Yeah, yeah. I put a lot of myself into my characters. What can I say? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. So, uh, because this is Tales from the Trunk, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm obligated to ask: Is there any part of this book that you have that's like a favorite bit that just, for whatever reason, didn't end up making it into the final copy? That's an interesting question in terms of this book, because the book that's coming out is actually, I think, something like the fourth iteration of the novel. Um, I had a very difficult sort of like birthing process with this book um, mm -hmm. because I had to, I rewrote it from scratch like four times. Woof. More, more like three times. It's three, maybe three and a half because there were there were like rounds of like you know edits where I would throw out half the book, mm -hmm. rewrite those bits. But um, the original like draft, the first one that I wrote that I sent to my agent was in a different tense, and <sighs> the protagonist had a different name. Oh, was, did the protagonist have a different name at some point? Was were they already misery? <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, the, the book's been through a lot. So I that's, feel yeah, like because I did so much pruning and redoing over and over again, all my favorite bits are actually in the book because I cut out everything that wasn't working. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
fantastic. Oh, um, yeah, that, like, you're the, the second person I've had on this year who said, oh, yeah, I, I had to, like, rewrite this book, like, three times. Uh, <laughs> Sarah <laughs> Gailey uh, yeah. said similar things about uh, their newest book, Just Like Home, which, uh, you know, if, if rewriting a book three or four times is what it takes <laughs> to get it to be amazing, then I'm, you know... I'm here for it, knowing that that is a curse I have now li wished upon myself. Yeah, sometimes books just do be like that. <laughs> <laughs> they just do yeah, be yeah. like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Sarah and I share an agent, so they're very, they're a very patient agent. While we like sit there and churn through book after book, being like, "No, it's not right yet." No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I everything I've heard about Dongwan, like they're just a very uh straightforward and also very patient and and caring agent to have and i'm i'm you know very yeah. glad that they're in the world and have helped usher all of these amazing books into the world yeah they are a very good agent <laughs> particularly <laughs> for someone like me who needs like a lot of like reassurance and and, and time yeah mm -hmm. I'm that they're my agent <laughs> Dongwon, call me. <laughs> I'll pass it on. <laughs> uh, so now that we've gotten the trunked part out of the way, without going into too many spoilers, do you have a favorite part of this book uh, that did make it into the final version? Uh, any part that like you're really excited for people to get to? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm like... I. I was not kidding when I was saying like all my favorite bits are in the book because like the book is just like made out of all my favorite bits like glued nice. together. Um, and I was just like, ooh, what's the exciting? What are the really exciting bits? Um, there are a number of like twists in the book and I hope that people are like excited when or like upset when they get to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to explain that would be spoilery so i was just saying there are bits in the book where i'm like hey. <laughs> 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 um i'm here for that yeah uh, um, as, as somebody who one of my primary ways of consuming media is to hmm. jump into somebody's dms and yell at them about it <laughs> like please very... do you Please do Very jump into my DMs and, and yell up at, at me about things when you re actually read this book. I would love that. <laughs> I, I, you have my word. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, I, I, uh, so I, I mentioned earlier that I've been consuming a lot of, uh, Mecca media and one of the, uh, one of the media properties that I've been, uh, into a lot recently is the uh me and one of my friends have been uh she's been like six or seven episodes behind me but listening to the uh partisan arc of friends at the table which is you know mm -hmm. far future mecca but very queer and communist and you know <laughs> so it's like you know it's yeah sure wow cool robot but mostly like you know, it's the stuff that 
happens outside of the robots and that's happening inside yes. the heads of the pilots and all these things. Uh, uh, yes. And like, that's the best part about mecha anime and mecha media in general is like, it's, yes. yeah, sure, cool robot, but like, there's so much else in it. Yeah, it's, it's the cool robot is the thing around which the plot is like, the structure in the middle of like the cotton candy and then the rest mm -hmm. of it, the actual snack is the the sugar of like bullshit and trauma mm -hmm. and body ish you know body issues and horror that surrounds the central piece mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and i think that's kind of what, like what it is with these, this book because like the 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 mecca in the book in 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 this book even though i i i i do say that it's a mecca book it's like the mecca are just tools they're there um mm -hmm. like the nice. folds for what the characters are doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and i mean not, also not like robot. yeah yeah like you said like Robots are just about bodies, like yeah, yeah, a lot and of, you and, know what what's yeah. more queer than having uh metaphors for bodies, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so now that I've made my contractually obligated plug for friends at the table for this episode, <laughs> uh. Is there anything that you've been listening to, watching, reading, playing that uh, you're really, you've been really into and you're uh, excited to get other people into as well so you can yell at them about it? Oh my God. Um, this is, this is going to be really terrible, but like my brain is so, um, my brain is so clogged up right now is the way that I can best describe it. It's it's tired and so like my like one media distraction aside from like dumb cooking shows on netflix is monster hunter which is a oh, game where yeah. you turn your brain off take up a really big weapon and use it to hit even bigger monsters and i would love for everyone i know to actually play the game so that i have people to co-op with <laughs> that, mm -hmm. like my sorry ass alone <laughs> trying not to get beat up by the monster boy uh-huh um, but that, yeah, there, there's like no plot, nothing whatsoever. It's just you beating up monsters, making stuff out of the monsters you beat up, rinse and repeat. <laughs> I mean, flawless. It's it's cathartic, I shall say. It's cathartic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I just picked up uh, Devil May Cry, the ah. PS2 game, uh -huh. for the first time in like a decade. Yeah. Because it was on sale on Switch, and I was like, oh yeah, this game is like really hard for me at least but <laughs> it's also really stupid and i just like hit monsters into the air with my sword and then shoot them with a big gun what could be yeah. better that that's basically that that is also basically monster hunter no, they're both capcom come aren't they they're both mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's what I've just got like, that DNA. I'm actually um, probably going to jump back into Elden Ring because I've been watching a lot of videos on. Mm -hmm. on and I was just like, oh, I want to, I want to see that because I tried, I did try. I got it for the PS4. I did try it um, earlier this year before my move, um, 
and it was hard. <laughs> I was like <laughs> starting area and I just kept dying over and over to the guys like in the camp oh. in front of one of the gray sites. And I was just like, I am too stupid to play salt <laughs> games. I can't do this. But I, I've been watching like, you know, like videos on YouTube of other people playing the game. And I was just like, oh, but the lore is so fascinating. So, mm -hmm. um, so I'm probably going to give it another go. And at, at the point, I will like never shut up about it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know that uh, in the show notes here where I have the question, do you have anything else you'd like to promote? You just said, nope, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... I, but the thing I am promoting is my book that's coming out in like September um, on the 22nd of September, I think. Um, 27th of September. What a date. 27th, <laughs> 27th of September. September. Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. listeners, um, you have your homework. Go and pre-order The Genesis of Misery from your favorite local independent bookseller uh, and then pick it up on the 27th of September. Neon, it's been such a joy to have you on the show thank you so so much for coming on thank you for having me I, this has been a blast <laughs> absolutely always happy to have a fellow queer on to talk about just like their book and also just some bullshit <laughs> i love that yes it's the dream it's perfect it's the dream it's it's honestly the only reason to have a podcast <laughs> it's a very good reason to yeah, like, who needs any other reasons when you've got such a good one to start with? Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that you have this podcast. I am so glad. Absolutely. So uh, before we go, Neon, where can our listeners find you elsewhere? I am not on social media much these days, but you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's at it's Neon Young, um, and that's just me. I update very very rarely because i keep forgetting that <laughs> social media exists some days but that's fair that's fair and, honestly you know, healthy off the english countryside and stuff <laughs> it sounds great thank you well listeners if you're looking for very occasional beautiful pictures of the english countryside you know where to find neon Listeners, stick around in two weeks' time when I'll be talking to author Amy Kaczynski. Tales from the Trunk is mixed and produced in beautiful Oakland, California. Our theme music is Paper Wings by Lillian Boyd. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com trunkcast. All patrons of the show now get a sticker and logo button along with show outtakes and other content that can't be found anywhere else. You can find the show on Twitter, at TrunkCast, and I tweet at HBBisnyx. If you like the show, consider taking a moment to rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. And remember, don't self-reject. 